0: And Father, we thank you so much. God, you're so kind and so loving. And just like any good father, Father, you discipline us and you instruct us. And so, Father, I pray that this morning will be no different, that we would hear from your word and allow your word to speak truth to our lives. Holy Spirit, give us understanding. Guide us through your word. Father, allow us not to leave the same way we came. It is in Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, amen. This morning is going to be a very difficult topic for most, and if you don't have a child who's walking in rebellion, you know of a child who's walking in rebellion, or you, as a child, have walked out of rebellion. For the past few weeks, we've talked about small children in the home, we've talked about how to disciple, how to create a discipleship plan, and basically for children that I still have in the home. But as I start thinking about that, I said, "What about all the children who are older? What about those children that you have that have maybe out of the home that are now walking in rebellion? People that could be living an alternative lifestyle, and you are you as a parent are weeping." over them. They, or watch this, maybe even they are successful in what they're doing and you know they're living in rebellion against the Lord. Children that are, have multiple partners and multiple things in their life and they got all these things going on and they are just walking so far from that, so far down the road and you know from experience they're going too far. So now the question becomes, and a map will come up on the screen here in just a second, what do you do as a parent? Because so deeply we want to maintain those relationships and we want to feel loved by that child, and so now you've got decisions to make. Do I make decisions that will help that relationship as a child, with the child? Do I want to... Make sure they come to Thanksgiving dinner. I want to make sure they, you know, come to my house often. I want to make sure that when they have grandkids, I can see my grandkids. Or do you do what God is calling you to do in His Word? That's the hard part. And when I look at this chart, that's what I see. I see parents every day walking a road and they're making decisions, and they're saying, okay, Lord, what do I do? What do I say? How do I maintain this relationship? But guess what? These two roads don't lead in the same direction. There's got to be a point in which you say, Lord, I'm going to do what you have called me to do. And so as a parent, how do you walk through that? We've talked about little kids, but parents, how do you walk through that? And most of you may be saying, well, Pastor Ken, you don't have any children. How can you be an expert on that topic? Guess what? I'm not. But what I do see is when I read the pages of Scripture, I see what God has to say about it. I'm going to read something to you. I don't want you to go there, but I want to read something to you real quick. I read this the other day as I was walking through my devotional, and this is Ezekiel chapter 20. And listen listen to how God feels about his children. Ezekiel is talking and God is speaking to him. And so he says, will you judge them? Will you judge them, son of man? Make them know the abominations of their fathers. And say to them, thus says the Lord, on the day which I chose Israel and swore to the descendants of the house of Jacob and made myself known to them in the land of Egypt. When I swore to them, saying, I am the Lord your God, on that day you swore to them, I swore to them to bring them out from the land of Egypt into a land that I have selected for them, flowing with milk and honey, which is the glory of all the lands. And I said to them, cast away each of you the detestable things of his eyes, and do not defile yourselves with the idols of Egypt. I am the Lord. But listen to what he says in verse 8. He said, but they rebelled against me. They were not even willing to listen to me. They did not cast away detestable things out from, from, in front of their eyes, they, nor did they forsake the idols of Egypt. And, and then I resolved to pour my wrath on them to accomplish my anger against them in the midst of the land of Egypt, but I acted for the sake of my name. He relented. He had mercy on them that it not, should not be profaned. And as I read a little further, verse 13, but the house of Israel rebelled against me again in the wilderness. They did not walk in my statutes, rejected my ordinances, which by if a man observes them, he will live. He said, listen, if you observe this, you'll live. But they kept walking away, not by a show of hands. I just wonder how many parents in this room are walking through the same thing guess what? I have good news for you. God the Father loves your children more than you do. His desire is not to see them to perish, but to bring them back into a relationship with Him. And as parents, sometimes God will use you to help bring them back into a relationship with Him. And so I would like for you, as I prayed about this, I start thinking, I said, well, Lord... How do you want me to approach this? How should we, how should this come? And then he brought this scripture back to mind 2 Timothy 3 16 and 17. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequately equipped for every good work. This is a point God's word can handle every situation and every season in life. It can. Even your child who is wayward. You may be saying, well, Pastor Ken, my my situation is different. My child is different, or this is different. I am convinced God's Word is able to handle everything. Everything. His Word is sufficient for every season and every situation in life. And so, He took me to a a verse of Scripture that is familiar, but I wasn't so familiar in this context. So if you can go in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 4, Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 15. What makes this verse so significant? Why this verse? Why not uh, the prodigal son? Why not... Eli and his two sons. Why not David and, and his son, Absalom? Why, why Genesis chapter four? You see, in Genesis chapter four, this is the first sign of disobedience from a child born into sin. This child is Cain. And so when you look at his life, here he has two parents that walk with God for a little while. <laughs> He's got people, matter of fact, he has got a personal relationship with the Lord. He, matter of fact, when he speaks, God is, is, is right there with him. And so as I'm looking at this, this is a very unique relationship. This wasn't something that was just born and his parents taught him. Uh, this was a, a incredibly unique relationship that the Lord walked him through. And so as I looked at this scripture, there are three points to this disobedience or rebellion. It says, what should happen before rebellion? what should happen at the point of rebellion, and what should happen after rebellion. What should happen before rebellion, what should happen at the point of rebellion, and what should happen after rebellion. And if I may read the scripture. Now the man had relations with his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. And she said, I've gotten a man-child with the help of the Lord, Again, again she gave birth to his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the flock. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the the fruit of the ground. And Abel, on his part, also brought the the firstlings of his flock, uh, of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering. But for Cain and for his offering, he had no regard. So Cain became very angry, and his countenance fell. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? Listen to this, verse 7. If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at your door. Its desire is for you, but you will master it. Cain told his brother Abel, and it came about when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? He said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me out from the ground. Now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its strength to you. You'll be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is too great to bear. Behold, you have driven me this day from the face of the ground, and from your face I will be hidden, and I will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. So the Lord said to him, therefore whoever kills Cain, vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord appointed a sign for Cain so that no one finding him would slay him. So point number one, what should happen before rebellion? In this scripture, particularly verse 6, God addresses uh, his behavior immediately. Immediately. If you are a parent and you see your child walking in the way of rebellion don't wait. Address it immediately. So what do you mean by address it immediately? Well, when you don't address sin immediately, what happens is your heart or that person's heart starts to harden towards sin. And so as a parent, I need to make sure that when I see, just like God does here, when he sees Cain's countenance fall and anger starts welling up in here, he addresses it immediately. Proverbs twenty-eight fourteen. it says, to, how blessed is the man who fears always, but he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. Make sure, parents, when your child, even before they move out of the home, when you see them walking in this way, address it immediately. Now, what I normally see are parents say, you know what, that's just a phase they're going through. They'll get over it, it'll be fine. Because we don't want to cause conflict. Amen? And so the best way God says, hey, listen, if there is something going on in the heart of your child, you need to address it immediately. But watch this. I want to show something to you. Notice this. Look at verse 8. It says that Cain goes to Abel and tells him what God says. You know what that tells me? He didn't try to embarrass Cain in front of Abel. Sometimes as parents, we want to wait till the Thanksgiving meal and we want to get everybody around and we want to wear that child out. Don't embarrass your child. Take them, pull them off to the side, and speak to them. Address the issue biblically. Amen? Next point. Point number two. Well, actually, this is under point number one. God, in his most loving and compassionate nature, presents choices and consequences to Cain. So now he addresses the sin, and then he compassionately and lovingly presents the choices and consequences. If I'm a parent, don't get overly upset. Address the issue and then present the choices and the consequences that they're getting ready to face. Amen? Let's look at verse number 7. Look at verse number 7 in Genesis chapter 4. This is what it says. He says, And if you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door, and its desire is for you. But you must master it. Allow your children, your adult children, to know, hey, listen, this is what you're getting ready to do. I've been down this road before. This is going to happen. But if you turn your heart back to the Lord, this will happen, okay? And so as parents, now you have the opportunity to speak into your children's life. I'm not hollering at them. I'm not making them upset. I am presenting to them the choices and the consequences that are about to be made. Now, if you're here today and you are a child or you are an adult child and you see rebellion raising up in your heart, or oh, man, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to deal with my parents. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do what they say. I don't want to do what God says. I don't want to listen to any of this. Where do you go right now? In 2 Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14. 2 Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14. Everybody knows that this is a familiar voice. When you feel your heart drifting away from God's authority, or God established authority, you need to pray this prayer. It said, listen, 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, and my people who are called by my name, humble themselves. Humble. Say, Lord, you know what? This could be me. I'm humble. Lord, I'm taking myself. I'm removing myself. From, I'm humbling myself. I'm making sure that pride isn't rising up. I'm humbling myself in this situation. It says, humble themselves. Pray. Go start praying, saying, Lord, help me. Lord, I know that my my heart feels rebellious right now, God. I don't want to listen to my mom. I don't want to listen to you. God, can you help me out of this situation? Can you give me some wisdom? Allow the word to show me. Bring someone in my path that will show me how to walk. Humble themselves. Pray. Seek my face. Here's something very practical. If you're a person and you see your heart is getting hardened to the word of God, you see your heart heart getting hardened to your parents or authority, get a prayer card, something with scripture on it. Lay it right there on your counter so every day when you see it, you're praying that particular prayer so that your heart will not be hardened. Amen? Amen? Let's keep walking. Number two. What should happen at the point of rebellion? What should happen at the point of rebellion? This is the point where actually rebellion starts happening in the person. And so this is what God does. Look at verse 9 and 10. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? And he said to them, I I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? God holds Cain accountable. God holds Cain accountable. If you have children that are far from the Lord or are drifting, hold them accountable. Take them, pull them to the side and say, listen, I've seen this. You need to stand accountable for this. As a matter of fact, if you look at Eli back in the scriptures, I think it's in 2 Samuel, when you look look at Eli and his sons and you start seeing them, actually God kills them because Eli didn't hold them fully accountable for their sins. And so you want to hold them accountable. What holding accountable does, it helps to expose sin and provides room for confession and repentance. When you expose sin, you provide room for confession and repentance. When I look at the scripture, that's not what Cain did. He didn't want to walk in confession and repentance. And the next thing, Verse 11 through 12, God says this, Now you are cursed from the ground which has opened his mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its strength to you. It will be a vagrant, you will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth. What is that saying? After God held him accountable, he withheld certain privileges from Cain. So now, if I'm a parent, and I have a child that's walking in rebellion, and I am issuing a punishment, I am also withholding privileges from that child. Amen, parents. Now, this is hard. This is hard. Because now, I have have children that are coming to me that are obviously hurting, and they need help. But, Ken, but God tells Cain, he say, listen, I'm not going to allow you to have freedom like you had before. I'm going to have to remove some of this from you. And when he removes things from him, that helps him to realize, hey, I really need the Lord. Now, this is a word of caution to parents. A word of caution to parents. Be very careful. Be very careful of trying to give life to something God has already cursed. If God is taking your children through a process and he is removing things from them, but you're on the other side giving things through them, be very careful. Be very careful. Everything God does is to lead them towards repentance. Repentance. But as a parent, I know, I know it's difficult to watch your children go through things. And so you need to stand on God's word and say, listen, these privileges that you used to get, I need to withhold some of these from you so that you can gain a closer relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That's hard. Point number three. And we're not done. (laughs) We're not almost done. Point number three, what should happen after rebellion? What should happen after rebellion? Look at verse number 15. This kind of blew my mind um, because this is exactly what I hear uh, when I'm counseling or talking to parents who have children that are far away. So the Lord said to him, this is God talking to Cain. Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord appointed a sign. As a matter of fact, back up just one more verse. Verse 14, I'm sorry. Back up one verse. Behold, I've driven you from me this day. You have driven me from you this day from the face of the ground and from your face I will be hidden and I will be a vagrant, a wanderer on the earth and who finds me, whoever finds me will kill me. This is this is Cain actually coming to God with his cry and this is what he's saying. He's saying, "You have you have driven me away." Okay? Most times when parents have children that are in rebellion and are disobedient and they're walking away, they say, "Hey, you did this." This wasn't me. You did this. You said I couldn't have this. You said I couldn't stay here. You said I couldn't even your table. And so parents start feeling the guilt of that. This is what Cain is doing to God. Listen to what else he says. He says, You have strained our personal relationship. We were close. But God, since you've called out this sin, now you have strained this relationship. Look at verse 14. He says, you have driven me this day from the face of the ground. And from your face, I will be hidden. Do you see that? He said, you have strained this relationship. Number three, he says, not only that, I'm going to be homeless. You're driving me out. I'm going to be homeless. Now, what parent in here can deal with something like that with a straight face? That's hard. God, you're doing this to me. God, you're doing, you're doing this. You're, parents, you're pushing me out. You, I can't stay at your house. I can't eat your food. and I can't be, you know, and, and, and you feel so bad, this, this incredible sense of guilt. And so sometimes parents give in. You got daddy saying no and mom at the back door feeding them. Y'all know it's true. People looking at the bank account, money just drifting off. What happened to that? Oh, Johnny needed something. His car broke down again. You know, he's got to get to work today. And, and I thought we talked about this. I know, I know we talked about it, but he needed. And what happens is, God is removing the steps, and other parents are just placing it back on. Then the last point here, in point three even though this happens, God still acts with mercy and compassion. He's still acting with mercy and compassion. So after this, I'm going to give you just some practical steps in the last few minutes, some practical steps for parents if you're walking through this situation in life. Number one... Specifically, pray. Specifically, pray. Many times, our go-to is to go to other people and ask their opinions on what should happen. Should I do this? Should I do that? What should be my next step in this process? Although God does give us, He does put people around us to help us and give us give us wise counsel but it needs to be good, biblical counsel that you receive. Amen. And so you need to start praying. And my prayer will look something like this. I looked at Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 24 through 27. And this is what it says. And I'm going I'm to change the prayer just a little bit to fit your particular need. Lord, would you take my son or daughters from the other nations? God, would you sprinkle them clean with water? God, would you cleanse them from all filthiness and from idols? Anything that's in their heart that's not like you, Lord, cleanse it. Lord, would you please give them a new heart? Put a new spirit within them. Remove the heart of stone, God. Allow their flesh not to give way. God, would you put your spirit inside of them? Allow them to walk in your statues and in your judgments and in your ordinances. Amen. Praying specifically for your children to come back to the Lord. Amen. Number two, seek one-to-one, one-on-one conversations to gain understanding. Seek one-on-one conversations to gain understanding. Express what you love about them and what goes against God's will. Okay? Okay. Thanksgiving is coming up. Family members are coming. You already know who's living in sin and who's not living in sin. And you already know who they're bringing with you who lives in sin and not living in sin. And so you need to have those conversations before Thanksgiving even comes up. And say, listen, you know I love this about you. I love that you're so kind, compassionate, so giving. I love that the fact that you are, since birth, you've been this person who loves to help people. But I cannot allow you to do this because this is what the scripture says. This is what I know the Lord says about me and about my house, so I can't allow you to do this. Now, is that a hard thing to do? Absolutely. Absolutely. But the question is, who you want to please? Amen. You want to please them or please the Lord? Amen. Point number three. Point number three. Encourage your children to fear the Lord. Encourage your children to fear the Lord. The Lord. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 27 says, the fear of the Lord is a fountain, is a fountain of life, that one may avoid the snares of death. So why would you want to pray that, why would you want to encourage them to fear the Lord? Because you don't want them to feel fear you, okay? I don't want them to say, well, Mama, I'm just doing this because I know this is going to make you happy, Mama. You want them to fear the Lord. Because what will happen is when they move out, or you pass away, they're going to go right back to the cycle that they started in, and you haven't taught them to fear the Lord. I'm going to give you a good example. Tiger Woods, incredible golfer, incredible. In any store, I mean, you know his name, is right there, it's, it's right there. But what happened after Tiger's father passed away? He spiraled into disobedience. You know why? Because he was so busy on pleasing his father rather than his heavenly father. Mm, that's right. So you want your children to fear the Lord, not you. The next one. <laughs> Don't enable your children to continue in sin. Do not enable your children to continue in sin. This is just, I mean, I won't repeat it. This is just talked about, hey, if I know they're, sin, uh, I know they're living in sin and I'm, I'm feeding that sinful addiction, I'm just giving them stuff to stay in sin, don't do that. Do not do that. Ask God for other ways to express your love to them. God is a wonderful, all-knowing, and Gracious God, he can give you ways to love on your children without feeding into their sinful nature. Amen? He can do that for you. The next one. Ensure you and your spouse are on the same page. Ensure you and your spouse are on the same page. You can't be, I'm going to be the good cop, you're going to be bad cop. You're going to do this, and I'm going to do this. We both need to be walking in biblical truth, and we're all handling it the same exact way. If not, children will see that, even adult children will see that, and it will drive a wedge between the both of you. And then you'll be to see me, and trying to figure out why your marriage is torn up, and then I'm going to look back at the kids like, that's the problem right there. Don't allow that to drive a wedge between you. Be on the same sheet of music if you're a husband and wife. The next one. Continue to verbally express your love for them. In word and in deed, express your love for them in word and in deed. You have a child who's walking in disobedience. Verbally and indeed, tell them that you love them, that you care for them. I'm not feeding into their sinful nature, but I'm telling them, hey, I love you. I care for you. I'm sending them cards on their birthday, but, but they won't talk to me. They won't pick up my phone call. Make sure you are expressing your love to them continually. So if everything, when all of this starts happening or when it ceases to happen, they can look back and say, you know what? You still love me through all of that. And you know why? Because that's what God does to us. He continues to pursue us in love even when we're at our most unlovable point. Amen? Amen? Almost done. As much as possible, keep the lines of communication open. As much as possible, keep the lines of communication open. If possible, this is Romans 12, 18. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Now, if every time you call them, they got a few choice words, okay, that's a little bit different. But if they're peacefully talking to you, you communicate with your children. God at no point ever cuts Cain completely off. It's actually Cain that walks out of God's presence. Continue to keep the lines of communication open. And then the last point, which is probably the most difficult point of them all, understand that it may not always turn out well. Release them into the hands of a loving, righteous, and holy God who loves them more than you do. That has got to be the hardest one. But just like God loves you, he loves them as well. Seek God's purposes for their life and allow God to do his cleansing work in their lives. And you got to say, Lord, I don't know what's going on right now. Lord, this is difficult for me as a parent. Just watch my child walk through this. But Lord, will you help them And once again, parents, I'm not just talking about kids that you may have their own drugs. I'm not just talking about kids that are, uh, you know, far away from you. I'm talking about kids that are successful, that have good lives, good marriages, but are far, far, far away from the Lord. Pray for them. Pray for their salvation. So we're going to pray this morning as we come to a close. And I know for some, this had to be very, very difficult because you have a son or a daughter who's walking away from the Lord right now. But this is one thing I do know, that the Bible calls us as believers to bear the burdens of one another. And to, if those who are weeping and having a difficult time, to lift them up in prayer and allow the Lord to continue to do a work in their lives and in the life of that child. Lord, would you please strengthen bring healing conviction to bring them back to the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to pray. And if you as a parent are out there and you have a child who's struggling, as the church, we want to pray for you. If you are, if you know someone and you want to stand in the gap for a parent who has a child that's struggling, we want you to come down front. As a church, we want to pray for you. If you are a child and you have walked out of a rebellious, very rebellious life and you've given your life to Christ, we want you to be praying for those children that are in rebellion today because you know what it's like. And we will pray that the Lord will bring conviction and healing in every heart. Amen? So as we pray and the music plays if you're a parent please find your way to the altar allow the Lord to do his cleansing work in your heart and in the heart of your child. Father we thank you so much for today. God we're so grateful for who you are and grateful for your love for us. God, we're thankful for the parents that are coming down. God, I pray that you would do a work in the hearts of people that only you can do. Lord, would you bring healing to the mothers that are up all night waiting on the phone call God, would you bring healing to fathers who are crying out for the health of their children? Lord, would you do that for them today? Lord, I also pray that you would bring our brothers and sisters who are struggling the strength that it can only be found in you. God, would you help them to bring this situation and lay it at the altar? It doesn't say that they don't care about their children it doesn't say that I'm going to cease to talk about them or invite them into my home it's Lord give me the strength to help love them love them back to Jesus so Lord today we're moving forward God I know it's difficult God, it's very hard. Matter of fact, you show us in Scripture how you're walking through with the children of Israel, with Cain, with Absalom. You're walking through, and your heart breaks. The Bible says that he doesn't desire that any should perish, but all should come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We pray that today. And so, church, I want you to spend the next few minutes praying for these parents that are standing at the altar matter of fact look look and see the parents that are standing here and pray for them pray for their strength pray for their children pray